Hi everyone, and welcome to another FiberNew podcast. On this episode, we sat down with Matt Mead of FiberNew Nashville South in Nashville, Tennessee. You guys have all heard of the concept of walking a car lot, going from vehicle to vehicle to vehicle, identifying a list of work that needs to be done in those vehicles, getting approval to do the work, ultimately doing the repairs, submitting an invoice, and then moving on to the next dealership, most typically in a weekly cycle. What Matt has done in his business is taken that same concept of walking a car lot, but applied it to medical work. He goes from facility to facility, from waiting room to waiting room, from room to room, from table to table, identifying the work that needs to be done, doing the work, submitting an invoice, and then moving on to the next facility, repeating the process. What has really made way for Matt to do this is the introduction of Color Cure and the Vinyl Spot Top Coat. Some of you currently will do a concept similar to this in medical, but offer a recovering service. Using Color Cure and Vinyl Spot Top Coat, you can now go into these medical facilities and offer repair and maintenance programs that prevents the need from having to recover beds and chairs. It's opened up a whole new stream of business and Matt is living proof of how this can work. As always, we hope you enjoy and can glean some key takeaways to apply to your own businesses. Cheers and thanks for listening. Matt Mead, thank you very much for joining us, sir, from Nashville South. Tell us about your business. When did you start and what's what's your territory like in terms of uh, makeup and demographics? Well, let's see. I think uh, I was in... I was in the June of 2018 training class, so okay. about 13 or 14 months now um, I've been doing it. Uh, I have the Nashville South Territory. Demographics of my territory, I think it's roughly population, I don't know, 300 or so. Yeah. 300K yeah. or so. Um, and really, I'm ranging from, I have sections of my territory, which are very impoverished, and I also have a large section of my territory, which is, uh, you know, subdivisions of two to three million dollar homes. Fantastic. Right on. And over the past year and a few months, what have you done to, to grow your business? Going to strip malls, knocking on doors, walking in, getting chased out of places, having People give me free food at restaurants and such because they're so happy to see somebody. You know, I had heard of something in training that, you know, if you're doing a residential job in a neighborhood, do it. And then you put those door hangers on like their neighbors. I did that. Um, really just cold calling. Definitely without doubt. JT and Mark, I'm kind of sandwiched in between those two. Um, Definitely a benefit because our name is starting to get out there. Come just yeah. before me. So that definitely helped for sure. But really, I mean, friends, family, just telling anybody and everybody, you know, what I'm doing now, where we're at, what I can do. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you can't look down a street and not have probably a dozen opportunities. Very true. Just go yeah, down. You have your, your eyes open to it. Exactly. Being where you are, as we said, a year and a bit in, I imagine you're starting to get a little bit of kind of repeat or referral work from the people you've done work for. 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, a lot of commercial accounts. I'm getting to a point now where, you know, it's, it's starting to be, you know, I did work for somebody's mom. And the mom told the son or the daughter. So now they're calling me or vice versa. I had to tell someone I couldn't repair something on site because it was just so far gone and not worth it. And she was so happy that next thing you know, I turned around and I think I've done close to a thousand dollars of work for her mother. Let, so let's well, talk about this well a little bit. Worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you said you you had to go on site to tell them that or determine that. Yeah, it was one of those situations. Yeah, sure. Um, a lady from a affluent area uh, gave me a call, sent me some pictures of. Uh, what she thought was a leather couch and turns out the damage was on a piece of vinyl on the arm, uh-huh. but it was on the inside where you sit and I couldn't really tell. I actually gave her a price. She said, yeah, sounds good. I think two twenty five or something. And I get there and that entire vinyl piece is just rock hard and brittle. And I, mm. I try not to put myself in those situations. So I just explained to her that, well, A, I had to break the news that it wasn't a leather couch. And then B, I just told her I wasn't comfortable repairing it because it wasn't going to last. And I explained to her how, you know, the vinyl was shot. Well, I hope it's gone. You know, I could fix this. And then in two months, she's going to be cussing me because it's just going to crack in other areas. Okay. And so I apologized and I just said, I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want my name on it. So, um, she was so appreciative of the education and me being honest with her that, uh, I got a call two days later from her, um, saying her mom had something she wanted to do. And so far I've done a, a leather Parsons table I restored for, her, uh, fixed a seat in her car. And, oh, I cleaned and conditioned um, an armchair at her mom's house. I mean, all very simple, very lucrative things. So good for you, Matt. So, yeah, so that, yeah, turned out well for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, that, that's the best kind of work to get, isn't it? It, it? When it comes from a referral like that, and, and it doesn't matter the referral source, even from a customer you didn't do work for, but you did the right thing. You explained the situation, and, and it came back to serve you well. And I'm, I'm going to guess you're not done at a thousand bucks. They probably have more work to. Uh, no, and this lady, is, she's she's finding stuff for me to do. She's wow. Uh, next week, she's bringing me an old western saddle she had as a kid that she found in one of the barns of their home, and she wants me to restore that. Very cool. Yeah, so, four hundred of those people. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the, the more the more people you talk to, the more people you provide, the more this comes back to you. And this is this is a great story that that exemplifies that. So let's go back to before you even came on board with Fiverr. New, what was being an entrepreneur, being a business owner, something you had always wanted to do? Or uh, uh, yes, for sure, that was something that was always uh, implanted in something I, I really had a goal of it, of achieving at one point. Um, for 13 years, I sold um, a range of different medical devices, ranging from a, a catheter to a, 
you know, $2.5 million CT machine. So we did it all. And you're kind of, while you are working for someone, when you're in your territory, that territory is kind of your business. At least that's the way I always looked at it. It was yours to run and, you know, it was your job to to go and sell and get the business. Um, I never had a manager, thankfully, that micromanaged me. I just let you go and you look at your numbers and, you know, if they're going up, you're doing well. If they're going down, you're not. So, we, you know, that self-evaluation happens uh, pretty quick. So I did that for about 13 years and then kind of got tired of the, the way our healthcare system's changing and wasn't fun and um, company I worked for got bought. So I got laid off and I was like, you know what, now or never. And so that's when I started looking for different opportunities and chose Fibernew. Needless to say, we're happy to have you on board, man. It's, uh, it's been good having you part of the team. One of the, the main things I wanted to, to cover with you were, were some of the ideas that, that you shared when you were here recently in Calgary for the seminar and some of the things that you're experimenting with or kind of discovering in your business and in particular with medical work. So I, I know, you know, I, maybe just by way of your background, you're kind of naturally, you know, gravitating toward medical. Let, let's talk about some of the account-based work you're doing for some hospitals in your territory. And I really want to explore a few things with them. First, how you got the accounts, how you made contact with them, how you showed them what it is you do. But then also I want to explore kind of the, the schedule that you maintain with these medical accounts you have, the feedback you've received from them, how you work with them on all facets from, from, you know, the schedule to the billing to logistics inside the hospital itself. Let's just kind of go, go deep on this and, and, and and discover everything. So from the beginning with these accounts, how did you first get your foot in the door with these hospitals you're working with? Well, the, the first one I got in with that was, um, I leveraged my previous relationships that I had from being in the field. Um, So it, you know, just happened to, I was driving by and I was like, I'm going to go see them. So I stopped in and said, hey, that's some old friends and, you know, what are you doing now? And so I explained it to them and then next thing you know, they put me in front of the operations director of the facility that, you know, one of the guys I worked really close with plays golf with every weekend. So just kind of okay. stumbled in the buck on that one. But I was talking to him about what we did, and um, I'm always mindful of anywhere that I go into of looking at the surroundings so you can give them real tangible examples. I mean, we all have that elevator pitch that we can go through in 10 seconds. Um, but, but I find if I can find something on my way walking in that, you know, we all see it everywhere we go um, that I can put out strictly in their facility. Like, no, this is what I found at your place. Okay. It's right down the hall. We can go show you. And that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. We can, we can fix that for you. We can take care of that for you. And then um, before that, you, you got to do your research. Um, you know, these, 
vinyl waiting room chairs that they're coming. You know, you don't think they cost very much money, but they're generally linked. So a lot of them are six, eight individual seats, but they're all under one structure. So if one gets torn up, at least people I've talked to, they think they have to replace all eight. So therefore, what you think is only a $200 chair is really about a $1,500 piece of furniture. So when you can talk to them about that and say, you know, for example, me, once Color Cure came out, um, you know, I have a flat $45 repair charge per repair. Okay. For everything I do with the color cure in terms of that. Um, walking through, looking and finding those things. Um, so that really piqued their interest. And then an idea I had in this operations manager really liked it was, um, that I come to their facility once a week and I walk it just like it's a car lot. And I okay. kind of do that for two reasons, um, really. Uh, first, I'm always on the front of their mind because they always see me every single week. And not to mention when you're in a hospital, you know, I'm not just looking for the hospital. Like, I want that operations manager to come to me and be like, hey, my car's in the parking lot. It's this. It's that. Can you fix mm-hmm. this? Can you, you know, you have a couple hundred to thousands of opportunities in this place. So, I mean, it's almost like working a trade show if you treat it correctly. <laughs> I um, like that analogy. <laughs> but I also wanted, I was trying to think of ways that I could control my business because a lot of times in my background, my, you know, covering three, four states, a lot of times my territory ran me. I didn't run my territory. And so when I started this, that was the one thing I really wanted to focus on was me controlling my business. I mean, we all bought this. It's our businesses. So I want to control it. How do I control it? I dictate when I'm going to be there. So I told him I would walk it every week. Um, I go every Tuesday. And I walked a lot. And I'll also... Another reason, eventually, you know, when I hire a tech, I'd love to, you know, every day I want them going to two commercial accounts mm-hmm. every day to walk it. And I just thought that would be the simplest way to be able to get somebody in the fold and get going. Um, and now it's to the point where, you know, they appreciate it because they know uh, I'm taking something off of their plate. Because I don't care who they are. If you're in the medical field, everyone's overworked or is perceived overworked. They think they're overworked. (laughs) So if you can offer that value to take care of that, so I'm saving them money, I'm saving them headaches, so nobody's complaining about anything to them. And in theory, I'm taking responsibility off of them. Um, Absolutely. But but I'm also getting to do it on my time, which is great. Very true and very important. So let's just do a quick recap. So you you first leveraged a connection you had within the hospital. But Mm -hmm. some 
franchise partners listening to this may have people like that they know inside a medical facility. Others won't. So what would your advice be for those who don't have some sort of inside person? Um, where would you start, given your background and what you know about medical facilities and how they run? What's your advice on that topic? Um, I, I would walk around, take, take inventory, see what you're looking at. If you're in the food court area, not all hospitals have food court or cafeteria. And, you know, you see a bunch of tears and everything. Who, who's the worker there? Who's the, who's the manager there? And just be like, hey, I noticed this was here. You know, what do you guys do for that? And inevitably, they're probably going to be like, oh, you know, I'm not in charge of that. But it's been like that for months. Like, it drives us crazy, so on and so forth. Explain to that, you know, get that person on your side. Tell them you can take care of it from you. Who do you need to talk to? Like, tell them you can take care of it today. That's a headache you're taking away from them right away. Okay. Um, so if you don't need anybody, you need to get an ally. That's the biggest thing. Have someone along with you kind of fighting that fight, if you will. Um, okay. Go to the plant operations manager. Um, Talk to them, introduce yourself, let them know what you're doing. And again, have that inventory of things that you saw, damage you saw. And the throw out numbers to them. Hey, I sold, you know, three chairs in the waiting room that had really big tears in them. You know, those are kind of expensive chairs. So, you know, you want me to take care of those for you? I can fix it for a fraction of the cost. And you won't have to replace them. You know, pain points. Um, you Absolutely. Know, sales yeah. 101 hit their pain points. And yeah. don't just tell them problems, but give them solutions right then and there. And, and the so, immediacy factor, I think, is smart, too. I can do it today. I love that line. If you see somebody with a mop, talk to them. Mm -hmm. Nobody okay. talks to those people, and they know everything. They're the hmm. flies on the wall. They're no people ignore the janitors or the cleaning crew, whatever you want to call it. But they hear everything because they're constantly around. Okay, good point. They're good point. your so, eyes and ears for everything. I, I like the idea, Matt, of of starting in the cafeteria because that's a public area. So mm -hmm. even if you can't get in front of the plant you know, facilities manager or the head of environmental or, you know, w whatever structure they have. I mean, that, there, there are a lot of hoops and, and some gatekeepers to get through at that level. But starting at the cafeteria, starting with the maintenance or janitorial staff, and then, and then work in from there. I really like that. that, that that's, that's a good takeaway in my eyes. And then to about kind of relating what you do back to a specific real piece. So not necessarily just showing pictures on, on a brochure or on your iPad of the work you do, but actually saying, you know, specifically, I just passed a chair or a bed or a table that I could help you with. And do you even make a point of like, you know, trying to walk them back to that particular chair if you can and showing it to them and walking through uh, sometimes the I'll process. Take, I've taken a picture of it. Okay. A, typically, they're not going to take the time 
they'll walk back there. And if you can go ahead and show it to them while they're sitting there, because again, you want to, you want to be an asset to them. So take a picture, like bring the problem to them, show them the problem, give them the solution. And you've done it all in 30 seconds. Who, uh, yeah, who wouldn't respond well to that, you know, when you, when you can package it in, in that short amount of time? I think that's and fantastic. I mean, some people, some people don't. Some people are just can't be bothered with it and don't want to be bothered. They don't want you there. They don't know you. But that's why you need that ally inside. So, you know, manager of the cafeteria or, like I said, janitor, like, Hey, you know, you know I can fix this. I know I can fix this. Can you help me out here? Just every now and then when you're walking by him, whisper something about it. I like it. As you said, no one or usually not uh, have vendors approach them. So they're, they're, they're kind of feeling special and they're probably more inclined to want to help you because you made them feel special. Right? Oh, uh, uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It was, yeah. and I have plenty more examples of how those people have made me, or janitors and people clean that are ignored have made me a lot of money in my sales career just by simply me talking to them and helping them out. Yeah, it's amazing what they'll do just if you just show them a little bit of time and you know treat them like a person. I mean, I, I know you do recovers. I've actually done a recover with you, <laughs> um, but. Uh, how do you distinguish or set yourself apart from, you know, just an upholstery shop? And, and I mean, you touched on it briefly, but the, the, the impact of the color cure at your disposal. And do people understand that? Do people understand that I can just actually repair this one tiny little rip here without having to recover it? Do you have to show them that process? Can you talk about it and they understand it? How do you, how do you get through that kind of barrier, if you know I, what I mean? I mean, I don't. I don't know about show them, but yeah, def- nobody knows what we can do. They didn't even think yeah. it was, but, you know, it's just, it's it's never been done, so to speak, um, or they've never heard of it. So a lot of times they, I find, you know, they're, they're a little apprehensive about it, and they're like, I don't know, blah, blah. and um, a lot of times I'll, I'll say, hey, if you don't like it, don't pay for it. Sure. Yeah. Same idea as what we talked about in, in, yeah, same ideas with car dealers. It's, it's the same approach, right? Just, um, just let me show you. If I don't meet your expectations, no charge. Yeah. And then we'll we all, just, we all know, know the result of what happens. <laughs> right? They, right. they love it. Right. Yeah. They're, go- they're going to love it, and especially in those accounts because – if you think about it, that's, that's just a tool for them. It's not in their home. It's just a tool. So they don't look at it the way we look at it. Do you still try to make it perfect every time? Yes. But there are multiple times where I was like, oh, my goodness, this is, I'm going to have to take this off and do it again. And she'll, the manager will walk in and be like, how did you do that? That looks amazing. <laughs> and I just start packing my stuff up. I'm like, okay, okay. So let's talk a little bit more about the schedule. So you said, you said every Tuesday you just show up and you just start walking around, um, you know, is it kind of floor by floor? Is it department by department? How, how, how do you, how do you kind of schedule all that? 
the way it works at both of them is basically I walk the, the public areas right now because um, one of the hospitals, they actually have a warehouse that they take their beds to for repair. And they're part of a, a large group here in Nashville. I think it's seven or eight hospitals. So they actually have what they call a bed depot. So I don't do any beds because they're repairing it now. I'm trying to work my way into that bed depot to see what's up. Yeah. I'll get there one of these days. Um, so well. really right now what I'm doing is I'm walking all the public areas, the cafeteria, um, any offices that are owned by the hospital, I will walk through. Okay. okay. Um, and you have a pretty good idea, and I always have a, a dollar amount um, in my head that I need to get to each and every time I'm there. Inevitably, that's pretty much what I do. So I always start, you know, in the waiting areas, and then I'll go to, you know, surgery waiting I'll go to ICU waiting, the uh, NICU, or I'll go to that waiting area. Pretty much all the waiting areas. Um, okay. And then, yeah, I've got a little cart. They give me a little cart. I push around all my my color cure, my colors, and uh, I got my air compressor on the bottom. I just wheel it around. Like I work there, my extension cord. It, it's the same concept as walking a car lot. It just so happens to be inside the the, the four walls of the hospital. It, it's I love it. I absolutely, love that's it. also kind of twofold because I, I think eventually what it's going to be is they're going to they're going to give me an area to work in. Okay, because um, what I'm finding now, is, um, it's not always good to have an air compressor running in a waiting right. area. With people in it, it can be a little distracting, and you know sometimes you just have to read the room. I've done plenty of times where it, you know, somebody was waiting in there, and a family member obviously was not doing well. That's not the time to come in with an air compressor and fix something. No, uh, no, thy audience, right? Be, right. be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, okay. yeah. So. Um, when I brought that up, I actually went to them and brought that up, and they're like, "That's a very excellent point, Matt." Well, so they're gonna try to work on getting me a little space down by Biomed where I can work. Cool, all the better. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. I don't have to wheel anything around anymore. I know one other question that some listeners may be batting around between their ears is the the billing component and and payment and all that because. I hear that quite a bit with hospitals that that can be a bit of a, a jungle to navigate, you know, who gets the bill, who pays it, how long do they pay, all that kind of stuff. So what's your experience been on that with the hospitals you're working with now? Well, number one, they're all 100% different. Every single one of them, even within their own systems, um, oftentimes, the person actually cutting you the check isn't even in the hospital. Um, but if you ask the right people, get the right contacts of people and get everything out on the front end. Like I know 
like they tried to hit me with net 60 and I was like absolutely not um just told them no you just said that's not no I was like you know I'm not Medtronic or Stryker or J&J or these huge Mm -hmm. medical device companies that you know have Mm -hmm. billions of dollars that can wait two months on on their payment um so basically what we did um, is I'm, I'm, we're on a net 30. Net 30 was the best I could do Okay. Um, before that. But I have the names and the numbers. And so, you know, I send an invoice and then I just, you know, I wait a couple of days and I'll give them a quick call. Hey, just want to make sure you got the invoice I sent you on, you know, on Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. Matt, I got, yep. Got it right here. Everything looks great. A lot of times I'll ask, is, is everything all right? Is it the way you wanted it? You know, always trying to offer. And then eventually they'll know, well, one in particular, her name's Mandy. She just picks up the phone. She's like, Matt, everything looks great. I'm like, thanks, Mandy. <laughs> have a good day. What I like about that, though, is that you, you have that relationship with her. You know, you have her attention, which is kind of yes, cool. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, I have, okay. you know one of my managers always said, like, if you can make somebody laugh, they're going to remember you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so try to make them laugh. I'd probably take that right, to you? another level, but, yeah. <laughs> That's what I attempt awesome. to do. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. definitely information you need up front. Get it, you know, if you can, get it in emails and talk to multiple people about it and figure out what that is so everyone's on the same page. And then you also have to hold them accountable. Don't be a jerk, but also... Make sure they don't you forget know. you is, is, right. is key there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I, I do like to hear from you as well that it's okay to push back on the terms. And again, I'm, I'm sure you did it in a way that was lighthearted and comical. Yeah, I'm sure you did, you know, didn't get in their face about it. But don't be afraid if they start talking about, you know, net 60, just saying, okay, <laughs> actually, I like the approach you took. I'm, I'm not striker. I'm not, I'm not a huge corporation. I hope you can appreciate I'm, I'm, I'm shooting more for around the, the 15 to 20 mark and then settle at 30 days kind of thing. And, and all that's negotiable, what right. I'm hearing from you. Or, yeah. or like I cool. threw out to one, I was like, if I did net 60, my wife would divorce me. You don't want me to lose half my stuff. <laughs> there you go. Inject some humor. Like, come you on. <laughs> and they, they were married. They had a ring on their finger. There were pictures up everywhere. They laughed. And <laughs> Love it. Like, you know, if awesome. you didn't get paid for two months, what would two months, what would your wife do to you? Her husband. I mean, that, you know, make him smile. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's cool, man. I want to ask about the second hospital that you got into. The first one being a personal connection. What happened with the second one? How did that play out? The second one, I straight cold call went to, I think I heard, actually while we were in Calgary, um, I had always been going to Biomed, and then I heard someone say plan operations. So when I got back that next Monday, I went straight to the bottom floor, found a sign that said plan operations this way, walked back, 
and I talked to the uh, admin assistant there for about 20 minutes and just talking about what we did and what they were doing. And, you know, I saw a picture of her desk of a, uh, her sons in college playing football. So I asked about that and just, you know, just a bunch of small talk trying to create a rapport there. And then the operations manager happened to walk by and she was like, Oh, Hey, you know, Dawn, this is, this is Matt. He's with fire. And she's like, he can save us money. That was that was the key right there because he wasn't hearing it from me. Like exactly, this is the this is the person that runs his professional life, saying this guy can save us money. Right. So in yeah. twenty minutes, you created a, a champion out of her, and she was singing your praises <clears throat> on your behalf. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the harder okay. they are to get to, the better they are to have. Ooh, I like that. That's very true, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. The, the next the person that walks in there. Oh, yeah. Next okay. person that walks in there trying to take my business, she's going to beat them with a broom. It's going to be fantastic. That's my hospital now. No questions asked. It's fantastic, man. I'd, have, I'd really have to screw it up. Right. Congrats. Yeah. That's cool. So, what's the schedule with them? How does it work in that hospital? Uh, I go there Tuesdays as well. Tuesdays and Monday. Oh, okay. Day. Got it. And same idea, you know, start public areas, go from there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. Walking through them, seeing what they have. You know, it's fantastic. just like a car lot. Some days are fantastic. Some days aren't all that fantastic. Right. right. But on those okay. days, I just treat it like it's a sales call, and I talk to anybody that has a badge on. Keep your cards with you when you're in those places. Talk to everybody. Very, very true. Very smart. I love that. I want to go back to a comment you had, um, you know, probably 15, 20 minutes ago by now, but it was about technicians and you saying, you know, when down the road I have technicians I can just send into these accounts. How do you see a technician in a medical account like this? I mean, truth told, Doing color cure repairs is is pretty simple. I mean, you know, you learn the basics of how to mix the color with that. You teach them how to grain it. The top coat is a piece of cake, and they move on to the next the next chair. I don't know about you, but I, I just I really see a scenario like that being perfect for a technician. Oh, absolutely. Even though, yeah. Okay. So just. You know, let us inside your head a little more on what you're thinking with the technician and, and medical. How does that actually look full circle for you? Uh, well, I mean, pretty much exactly what you just said. A lot of the things, I think when we, when I first got out of training, it was all about how much can I make an hour? Okay, this job's going to take this much. So I've got to I've got to charge this much, and of course, when you start out, you think it's going to take you an hour and a half, and four hours later, you're still trying to match the color. So you eat it on that one, and finally, something clicked for me. Like, man, I don't want a job; I want a business. So I started really, and I think this is probably something Paul helped me realize was that um, I need to be going after things that checks can do. Okay. Not those big high dollar jobs. Get the simple things. 
Because the second you put somebody in there, you know, if you pay a tech $15 an hour, that's that's $120 a day you're paying him. So if he can do three of those $45 repairs, he's paying for himself. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm betting but with two hospitals, he's probably going to be more like 10 to 12 minimum, right? I'm there. So I'm like, okay, so, you know, that technician is now going to be making me, you know, around $400 a day. That's a no brainer. And it's something that's so simple. And then I can go and do other things. And, um, you know, so I'm really starting to re kind of refocus myself on getting more things that yes, they're not great. And, super fancy for me to be doing right now. But um we just I just had a guy in my garage today I was teaching color cure to. Um he helps Mark and I out on a part time basis and we hope to eventually get him going and out on his own. So I had him on a car seat I had in my garage all day today. I cut it all up and had him repair it while I was doing a color change on a sofa but um so it's more about things like that like growing my business and have people out there making me money so therefore i can do what i really like to do which is sell and the more i can sell means the more people i can hire and you know and have them making you as the business owner money i mean i think that's why you start a business that's why we bought in. Exactly. It's hard to find somebody, train somebody, and get somebody well versed in being a master fiber new technician, like you know, redoing an entire leather couch, sofa, and and, and seat. Um, but you can easily train them on something like Color Cure and and keep them you know busy in in the medical space alone. So I think. Um, you know, that, that was one thing that came up a lot at this. Yeah, it came up a lot at the seminars this year. And I, it seems to me that we have a lot of franchise partners kind of rethinking what a technician could be for them and kind of what that means to their business. And it actually is a lot more simple and achievable to get started with a technician than, than I think a lot of people realize. And we just basically step through what that could look like. And, uh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot yeah. of people, and I probably felt like this a little bit. I mean, I'm pretty much of a, I think about it, I try it, let's go um, mm-hmm. type of person. I don't really think about any of the repercussions. I'll figure it out as I go. I mean, really, a, te- a technician is an investment. It, it's not an expense. I think a lot of people are nervous or scared um, about it, but the bottom line is if you hire somebody to do that work and you are out there working, it's an investment. It just made you money. Yeah. Do you, do you want to talk a little bit about um, Mark Chastain being your, your neighboring franchisee and you um, having a technician between the two of you part-time, but I, I like how you're utilizing this individual with the work you do in car lots. So you have him running cars for you for lack of a better Explanation, right? Do you, oh, do you yeah, want to talk about that a little that's bit? My buddy Doug, yeah. Well, there, okay. well, there's two. I got two that work for me part time. Doug's one, um, but Brent, the guy that Mark and I share, 
Um, okay. And I'd encourage anybody, if you have a neighboring partner next to you and you're really nervous about it, between the two of you, get somebody, work part-time, work full-time. I mean, it makes a huge difference when you have two, because we all have those weeks where we're swamped or we have days when we're swamped. And it would just be really nice to have someone. Heck, one day I think I had four jobs. I think Mark had two. And so I took our part-time tech, Brent, and um, just little things. Like I'd have him, while I was matching the color, I had him cleaning and prepping it before I did the repair. And then I do the repair and I top coat it. And then he's loading stuff up and cleaning out my guns while I'm taking the picture and filling out the paperwork. And so it just, it saves a ton of time. But car lots especially, uh, I have a spot where I'm set up. I haven't pulled the trigger on a portable generator yet. But so I have a specific spot at um, two of the car lots that I work at. And yeah, that, that's all Doug does. He goes, we walk a lot. He goes down one aisle. He knows what to look for and what to see. He writes down all the numbers that we need. I'll walk the other side. So my walking time is cut in half. We get together at the end. I figure out all the keys that we need. I go get every key, and we divide it up amongst. Um, I always do all of my extractions first. So he knows the label on whether it's fabric or leather repair. So we do all the extractions first so I can get those out of the way and I take him the keys he's got the list and he just goes and gets them pulls them up puts the next one right behind it typically by that time I'm done with the extraction he puts a plastic garbage bag down on the seat takes it back parks it I bring the next one up and and we go and I mean things that you know typically at one lot, I'll do nine to twelve cars every Wednesday, and it used that used to be my day. Now we're done by lunch. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So it is well worth me, you know, paying him to do that because it just happens so much quicker. And because some of those lots, I mean, heck, it can take you fifteen minutes sometimes minimum, to go park the car, grab the next one, drive it back. Right. Ten minutes, I mean, it all helps. And now Absolutely. I've been able another to add another lot next, or a couple miles away because this place is about 30 minutes away. So, you know, now I was able to add another lot to that. Nice. So now I was, I was billing that. Typically somewhere around seven, seven fifty of the one that was the day, and now all of a sudden I had another one that's usually around. It's not quite as busy. I bill about four to six. Okay, so now okay. in that day I'm billing eleven to thirteen hundred. I'm paying him a hundred dollars, and I'm still home by four thirty. Yeah, thousand dollar day home by four thirty after you pay your your helper. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. That, that that's how you do it, man. That's fantastic, and I, I, I like this for many reasons. One being obviously, you know, 
quite simply, you, you don't make money when you're, when you're running cars or trying to find keys or walking back and forth. Outsource that to someone else. And the other thing is that it doesn't, I mean, help in your business doesn't necessarily always mean just like a full-time tech right off the hop. It, it could be just doing something very simple, as you described. One very Any, you know, simple yeah. task, right, and go from there. If it makes you more efficient, it's worth it. So compare that to, you know, what you can do on your own. Um, nine times out of ten, you're you're going to come out way ahead. Thank you so much, man, for taking the time, sharing some of the things that you know you've been up to in your business, some of the things you're experimenting with, and and some of your successes. Way to go! Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it and hope this helps in some way, shape, or fashion. Let's get after it. Awesome parting words. Let's get after it. Thanks a lot, Matt. Appreciate it, man. And I hope everyone who's listened listened this far will get after it themselves. So appreciate it, too. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Take care. Talk again to you, buddy. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. So what do you guys think? Does it open up some new ideas when it comes to doing medical work? The idea of the car lot walk, but in a medical facility? We think it's a brilliant idea and it's one that we want to encourage more and more of you to think about applying to your own business. If you have questions, Matt is always happy to talk shop. Just do a search online for Fiber New Nashville South. You'll find Matt's website and his contact information. And as always, your support team here is to help answer any questions along the way. Thanks a lot, everyone. Have a super day.